My name is Karina Marquez. I'm from the DC, Maryland, Virginia area, which we call the DMV. Um, right now I'm working with, I would say social media, a very loose term. That's what I'm working in right now. How are you mentally, physically, emotionally now compared to last year? I feel like I'm really good right now. Um, and that has come from all the emotional, physical, mental growth I've gone through during the pandemic. I feel like a year ago or more than a year ago, I was really lost. I, I didn't have clarity on what I wanted. The pandemic came at a really great time that I was already contemplating a career change even before the pandemic. And then when the pandemic hit, I was alone, you know I mean? I was with my family, but I was alone. And I was able to just be alone reflect on myself. I didn't have others around me to compare myself to. So I could really focus on myself. Before I was like, oh, I want to be a filmmaker. I have to be creative, blah, 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 blah. But then I was like, no, being creative means so, so many things outside of filmmaking. So I said, okay, like, what do I want to be? And so I just started looking into other areas, other aspects. And I realized, okay, like, I just want to be creative. It doesn't necessarily mean being a filmmaker, um, which is now a year and some change later, I'm doing social media, which is really interesting. And I, I do like it. Um, it's a lot of like, I still shoot videos and edit videos. So it's been um, not too much of a career change, but you know, I'm no longer working on set, I'm working at home. You mentioned that the pandemic had come in like a good time. Do you think that had the pandemic not happened, you would eventually come to this point? It would have taken me a lot longer if the pandemic hadn't happened because so much shit happened during the pandemic that I feel like if those things hadn't happened, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And yeah, it was all really shitty things, but I am happy with where I am right now and who I have in my life and where I am. And I feel like it was worth it, you know? If you had to take one thing within the last year that you're sort of like in 10 years, your kids or some random person on the street asks you where you were, how you felt, what happened in 2020, that you'll be like, oh, this, although 40,000 things happened, what's the one thing that you'll be like, this happened to me and it changed my life? This is so, this is so unlike me for me to talk about publicly. Um, this is most like a personal thing, but you know, it was the start of the pandemic, April 2020. Um, my family and I, we weren't going to church. We were just having like watching live streams of church. Something just hit me, like something just like clicked. And I was like, oh, I, I'm leaving LA. Like I was in Maryland. Um, but in that, in that moment, while we were in a live stream mass, I was like, I'm leaving LA. Um, and that changed me because since then, in that, in the past year and few months I've had those moments to, and honestly it did make me open up my relationship with religion religion is a comfort mm -hmm. and I think that religion is a very personal thing and that it shouldn't be exploited or even shared with everyone else it opened so many things, you know, I was like, oh, if I'm, if I can be open with religion, I can be open myself, I can be open with this, I can be open to this, so it just made me more open-minded, and definitely helped me make decisions, and it definitely helped my emotional and mental growth. As far as the Black Lives Matter 
movement, the protests and everything. I know in the beginning of the, the pandemic, we kind of, and I think you were too, especially for me, I was just kind of waiting it out, having a good time. It was like summertime and it was like, oh, this is perfect. We have time off. We can do whatever we want kind of thing. How did your 2020 shift? Because for me as a black woman, it shifted a lot. For you, how did it shift when George Floyd happened in the protests? What was like that feeling for you as a person of color, not in the community, but knowing what was going on? I felt like this was a great time to just be an ally and to amplify voices because I feel like not even just people of color, but also white people, I feel like they all were like, okay, I'm going to speak for you. And that was just not what I wanted to do. I wanted to be like more of an ally, support people, kind of like, Here, here's a speaker. I'm not gonna speak for you. I'm gonna give you a speaker, here's a microphone. Um, I feel like that's the kind of role I wanted to play. I didn't know the best ways to be an ally other than sharing posts on social media, supporting my friends who are black. People of color have a lot to relate to each other, but at the same time, my fight is not the same as your fight. And I don't want to make it look like it's, it, I'm pretending that your fight is my fight. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, I feel like I just stuck to social media, just trying to be there for my close ones. In terms of social media, I know that you're starting to work in social media. Did you ever at any point feel like as an ally or even during when the Asian hate sort of thing came up, perform anyone that you were close to or even celebrities that were doing sort of a performative activism thing or companies, because there were definitely companies that were posting but not actually doing the work to change what they were doing within their companies. And how that in terms of Black Lives Matter and then the Asian um, hate movement, how that affected you or how do you think it affected overall I feel like white people they feel bad for not being oppressed so they go out of their way to be oppressed and I feel like that is the same as performative activism because I feel like if you're just posting something because you feel bad and you want people to think that you care but you don't actually care yeah that's performative activism and it shows at the same time maybe people think that about me and um, because sometimes I post, sometimes I don't. We are the first generation to have this sort of social media and be able to use that to push whatever we're supporting. Um, but in the 90s, during Rodney King and all that stuff, this happened. We lived through this. This already happened. How do you think that being able to film it because the only reason we would have known about George Floyd is because a 17-year-old girl filmed it and put it on social media. How do you think, with that in mind, we're able to then further progress? And how is social media either helping or hurting that progress? I definitely would not have been as informed of all of these issues around the world if it hasn't been for social media. But at the same time, on the other side of the internet, someone is getting the exact opposite viewpoint as I'm getting you know it's it's it sucks because like there are like different cliques or categories or demographics in, in social media that I will never see because I just don't interact with those people 
but in that demographic some other shit is going on and like some information is being spread that they think is true but I don't think it's true so it's it's hard it's hard to juggle what is right and what is wrong but it is good to know that that information is out there when it comes to um going from the BLM movement that happened through the summer and then I think the real hit for Asian hate was a couple of months ago in um Atlanta do you feel like the support that happened this summer was equivalent equal to or lesser than the support that came for what happened in Atlanta I have an answer, but I'd love to know what your thoughts are. I definitely felt things sped quick, like way more quickly for Asian Americans. Like for example, the anti-Asian hate bill, like that came so fast. And also in terms of like people support, I definitely saw more support for Asian Americans than um, Black Americans, in my opinion. Um, Just in terms of comparing how people um posted like just just from that comparison I I do feel like there was more support um for Asian Americans there was like a TikTok about this girl talking about how like kind of like not weak but she was just saying how stop Asian hate is a very weak slogan you know it's saying stop Asian hate is very different from Black Lives Matter and the thing about that is I mean, I'm not going to speak for, you know, all Black people, but it's like for Asian people, the word Asian is very broad. Like the light-skinned Asians will not ride for the for darker-skinned Asians, you know? But I feel like... Prejudice within the, the... Yeah, it's very, very broad. The term stop Asian hate and the term Asian, you know? It's just it's kind of like grouping all of these very different communities and races and countries into one word. For Black people, Black Lives Matter, it's kind of saying, like, yes, like, African-Americans, but also big people in Africa, you know, like, the, just the term Black, I don't know, I just feel like that's more of a, so, like, a solidarity term, like, for example, my, like, my friends are Ethiopian, and my friend is just American, but he's Black, and, like, while they're very different, I feel like they feel unified under the term Black Lives Matter, but stop Asian hate, and I'm like, oh, are you talking about me, or just or just you know Chinese people Japanese people Korean people that is really interesting that you feel a part of it but also not in a sense yeah do you think that has anything to do with where you've sort of grown up and the people you've been around or is that something different as far as your family yeah that's been something I've struggled with all my life is kind of like my cultural identity crisis because like yeah, I was born in the Philippines, but I moved here when I was four. I never had peers to talk about being Asian or Filipino with until my boyfriend, who's Filipino. I'm like, oh my gosh, like we went through a lot of the same things and we can relate to each other. I wish I had this growing up. Um, but I feel like that definitely affected how I how I feel like, oh, I don't have the right to feel this way you know. I think I did the same thing growing up Mm -hmm. with being Black, and I think not to say that this is a bad thing at all, 
but having a stepdad that's white, it really helped me to separate myself even further from being black, even though you can't run from it. And I went to, you know, mostly white schools and hung out with mostly white friends. So I was able to more further myself. And I think this past year has really kind of shown me that I've separated myself from it and that I can't run from it. It's not something that I can actually run from. Um, so it's interesting that in other communities that's happened because there's other people I've talked to in different communities who have had the same experience. How do you plan as an artist, as a creative, as whatever you continue to do and decide to be, how are you going to use your voice, small or big, whatever it might be, because I think even small uses of voices is important, to push forward and advocate for change in your community and in other communities? Starting small, which this is already a difficult thing for me to do, is to just speak up, um, especially with older people in my family who say a lot of problematic things. Um, it's time to stop giving them a pass, you know, because just like, oh, they're older, they don't know, blah, blah, blah. Like, you can't change people's minds. I'm like, you know, you can change people's minds, you know, like if you're like loud enough. I think now that I've healed from all this past pain and struggles, I feel like now I can finally, you know, put my energy into the world, my environment. How do you see us moving forward as our generation and then Gen Z and the younger generation kind of being the future, what does that look like? And from our perspective, and then I guess a perspective from the other side, whatever that might be, you feel, how are we going to, or you think we're going to be leaders and be a different generation for all of the many causes? Gen Z, like, which is like my brother, my cousins, they're, they're like, they're, they're teenagers now. I honestly think they're doing really well. Like, like I'm really proud of my cousins and my brother like they're so much more woke than I was and like I'm like you know y'all are doing great um I'm really proud of them and like I think I, I do have hope and also like you know I've been teaching uh, middle school students film in like the past year and they're pretty cool too uh, and I think I think the world is in good hands um there will always be the opposing side I feel like as leaders, like what we can do for our generation is like just to just to listen to the next generation, you know, because I feel like boomers and millennials are so up their own asses that they think that they know what's right and that they completely like blocked off listening to the younger generations. I think that's what got them in the shithole we're in right now. I, I honestly see a good future ahead. It's going to take a long ass time. It'll, it'll be a roller coaster, but if you go down, there's always a way up. <laughs> well, perfect. My, that, you're the, actually the third person that said listen, so that's really interesting. Um, and then I guess the last question, however you want to leave it, what is your advice, either from your own experiences specifically from 2020 or things you've witnessed, um, your advice for life or for whatever it might be that you are kind of holding with you that helps you or you think other people need to hear? 
as long as you're not hurting yourself or hurting other people, I think you should just do what you want. The, the limits you have in your head have come from how you think you should feel. You, you build these blocks in your life and your head and your decisions and you're not doing what you want. So I just feel like it's just self-acceptance, man. Like, God, like I wish I self-accepted myself. Like even like a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, like just any time yesterday, it's hard. And I feel like if you did what you wanted and it's not hurting anyone else, then there's, there's nothing to apologize for.